We're gonna have a we're gonna have a quick prayer. Listen up, guys, and then we're gonna get started. All right. So I'm gonna pray. Okay. Father, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you so much that we're able to be here to listen to your word and just to uh, to learn what you have for us, Lord. We know um, that you're going to teach us today, and we're excited to see you know where you're going to take us. So I just pray that you'd uh, just bless this time in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. So, like I was saying, come on in. Authority. What do you guys think of when you hear authority? Real quick, who's got an answer? Somebody. Byron. Suppression. What? Suppression. Suppression. Okay, what else? Parents. Quick, 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 quick. Parents? Power. 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 How do you feel when you hear the word authority? What what emotions does it trigger? Terrified. Terrified. Anger. 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 Yeah, that's what I usually feel. Police. Authority. Police. Police. Okay. Private landowners. Private landowners, yeah. Okay, so. Um, The first question we're going to look at and is this. Have your parents ever let you down by forgetting about some promise they made to you? Not that I can remember. No? Has anybody had this experience? Never. I'm sure everyone has in some sense. Byron has. Byron has. Okay. So, t- listen up, guys. Tim's going to read a, a story about Tommy. Okay. Well, you'll find out. Once a... (laughs) Once upon a time, a well-meaning father asked his little boy Tommy if he'd like to go on a fishing trip. Hmm, Yay, what fun, Tommy replied, with a twinkle in his eye. The trip was scheduled for next Saturday, and Tommy decided to mow some lawns to get some more money and to buy some brand new lures and fishing line. He spent all week working hard, preparing and gathering supplies for the trip. Saturday finally arrived, and Tommy awoke with two twinkles in his eye. (laughs) I can't wait to go fishing with Daddy, Tommy mused. However, his father was nowhere to be found. What happened to Daddy, Tommy thought. What happened was earlier that morning, Tommy's dad got a call from work. His boss told his father that Yule Gibbons is out sick. This is a a co-worker of Tommy's dad. So the company needed Tommy's dad to come in. Tommy's dad had completely forgotten about the scheduled fishing trip and decided that the responsible thing to do was to go to work, even though it was his day off. Tommy was heartbroken that his dad would forget such an event. He put all the fishing supplies away and spent a sulky Saturday at home alone. Mm. Later that night, at dinner, Tommy decided Tommy didn't say much to his dad, hoping his dad would sense his grief and apologize. The apology never came. Rather, it was clear to his dad that he had completely forgotten so, does that kind of sound like a story that might have happened to anybody here? Maybe not fishing trips, okay. Does that sound familiar, like your parents promised you something's going to happen and it didn't come through? Possibly. Yeah? Yes? I want to see intera- I want to see some people. I'm asking a question in English. Yes? <laughs> bon dia? Oh, okay, no, all right. So, um, some questions here. All right, so how do you guys get along with your parents? We're going to talk about parents a lot because that's the main authority in your life right now. How do you good? How do you respond when they ask you to do a job or a chore or ask you to do something around the house? And 
more or less, because relationships have to do a lot with communication. How, let me get the way. How is your communication with your parents? If you talk about problems you have, struggles you have, um, or you guys don't really talk too much about, about your life, you know, you go to school, you eat dinner in silence, whatever. Is it like that, or do you guys talk? There's some questions uh, to think about. Yeah, so these are just things to think about, and Tim's going to uh, talk about, we came up with some personalities. We tried to get some pictures, but we couldn't find any good ones, I'm sorry. I would have added to it nicely, but um, basically, see if you can identify with one or more of these personalities we're going to talk about, um, as far as the way these kids respond to their parents, okay? This, this characterizes, like, their response to their parents' relationship, so, okay. What do you guys think this person is? <laughs> Ooh. The loud, angry backtalker. The first one's real easy. Right. Just wanted to give you, a, you know, get you moving here. What do you guys think? What's the loud, angry backtalker do? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Too. And they're loud. <laughs> All right. This person backtalks directly to the face of their parents. Directly disrespects their parents. What else we got? They use foul language sometimes. Say rash things like "I hate you," "I wish you were dead," "You never let me do anything." Why are you doing this to me? I'm sure no one said that to their parents, right? Of course not. Yeah, absolutely not. So, okay. How about this oh, one? Oh, this is tricky. But yeah, I really no person. What do you guys think? Uh, say yes, but they mean no. Oh. <laughs> some, other, some other characteristics other than the obvious. <laughs> what do you think? Secretive. Secretive, that's maybe something, okay. Ah, that's good. That's good. They say agrees, but quietly disobeys. They give the impression that they are agreeing with their parents and will respond of how their parents want them to respond. However, they hope their parents forget, or they just don't really obey all the way. Or they just sort of change what the parents uh, ask them to do, and so it fits their own standard. It fits the way that they would like to respond. And also... Very unlike the angry, loud backtalker, this person does not express true emotion. If they really don't like what their parents said to them, they keep, they keep their cool and just, okay, that's fine, but they really don't go along with it. The logician. What's the base word of this word? Ah, good. <laughs> so what do you think this person does? What's this person do? Oh, who said that someone said something? Argues? With who? Their parents, of course. Isn't that what we're talking about? Well, I don't know. People look at me like I'm All right. in left field here. Always argues. This is, this is me to a T. Uh, this is what I do. Because I think I'm smarter than my parents. They always argue um, the reasoning behind the parents' rules. Like, well, why can't I go out with my friends so-and-so late? I don't know. This might happen. That doesn't make any sense. That's not realistic. And so I'm always arguing with my parents because... I understand better than they do. I think that I've lived longer than they do or something like that. I don't know. But for some reason, I'm smarter. I have more experience. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically me. <laughs> <laughs> Manipulator Johnson. Yeah. Who might this guy be? Who might this guy be? You can laugh if you want. It's all right. Huh? Rory. What? <laughs> No, it's not name call now. <laughs> okay, so what does Manipulator Johnson do? Manipulates. Good. 
Any ideas? A manipulator. What's a manipulator do? Okay. That's that's something. Okay, how about they work at the pants' weakness until he or she gets their way. And another thing that they, they sort of put their parents at odds in that like they know that this parent will allow me to do this thing and their father will allow me to do this thing, so they go ask their dad. And then um, the dad talks to the mom and then they both talk to you. Like, well you said I can do this, but she said I can't do this. And then eventually what you do is sort of get them fighting and then so you <laughs> sort of like walk away and, and, and do your thing. And do your thing. <laughs> so they, they end up uh, arguing among each other. And obviously the complainer. I'm sure that no one relates to that, I'm sure at all. I know I don't. This person complains. <laughs> Amazingly. About jobs and rules. And um, this is probably the key to it. The reason that they're complaining is because they compare themselves to maybe other siblings. Like, he gets to stay up this late because he's older than me. Why can't I? Whatever. And, uh, or just compares themselves to other families, like so and so's mom. So the mic, don't worry. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> So-and-so's mom doesn't let him do this or, or her do that. And so they complain about the rules and the jobs that the parents set up or give them. How about this one? No offense if you're a minister's daughter. There's no offense to this at all. Do you know what the pastor's daughter, okay. daughter means, though? Does anyone have a good idea for this one? Yeah, which is what? Can you explain that a little bit? How do they usually act with their friends? Pretty wild. Pretty wild, usually, right? Yeah, that's... Keyword. The perfect church girl or boy. Right, Shelly? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Shelly with her friends. She's wild. Friends. All right, that's enough. Okay. Easy, easy now. This is the two-faced personality, you know? The perfect facade you put on a church, and yet, when you're at school or with your friends doing whatever... You know, you're, you're the most crazy. Yeah, so they're sort of living two lives, right? Kind of in opposition to each other. All right. That makes sense? So, okay. What is the underlying problem with, with all these um, sort of personalities we saw, these, these people that, these characteristics of people that interact with their parents? What do you think? Underlying problem. Ballpark, what do you think? Answer, what do you, just um, throw something out. Your parents won't like any of them. True. Okay. <laughs> Disobedience. Okay. okay. Good. Oh, that's good. Right. So what's, what's another word kind of, sort of like that? Rebellious. Rebellious, oh. right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ah. Oops. Rebellion. <laughs> that's what this Boom. is. Boom. That's what these are. And so, that's what we're going to discuss a little bit. Because okay. So, is it serious? Why or why not? Does anybody have any ideas? Is this a serious problem? Rebellion? Is it? Why? Someone tell me, real quick. Who's got an idea? Why is it serious, you think? 
bitterness and okay. bitterness is only bitterness against your parents and sin and also your parents know what is best for you, believe it or not. They do. Until you find it until you find out later yeah. you do all the stupid things. Okay, what else? Why is it why is it a serious problem? No, it's not serious. And, we yeah, I guess we can just, we're done. You guys can go to choir if you want. The Bible says that huh. rebellion is as... Oh, hey! Oh, no one heard her. <laughs> All right, Laura, Laura was looking at our notes earlier. <laughs> no, she can read it. Go ahead. The whole verse? Yeah, yeah. Oh, just the first, first part. Whoa, so wait a second. Did you hear what the verse... Rebellion, rebellion is what? Witchcraft. It's like the sin of witchcraft. What's yeah? What is witchcraft? Okay. Let's, let's get more specific. Witchcraft. Black arts. What else? As what? Worshiping Satan. Okay, that's part of it. Whoa. Pretty serious to the spacebar. Yeah, which why don't I? <laughs> Witchcraft. So I, I define it as appealing to Satan's power. Sorry. <laughs> um, witchcraft is, is ba- like black magic, black arts, whatever. You're you're trying to gain power from Satan to do some bad deed or, or get some advantage here on earth. That's what witchcraft is. Now, does that sound serious? Does, does witchcraft have a serious tone? It does, right? Right. It has a kind of an eerie. Wait a second. Do I really practice witchcraft? I don't think. I don't think any of us think that, right? I don't think I, I don't practice witchcraft. I don't usually. I don't know. Do I? Or do we? I mean, what's the what's the Bible saying there? It's equating it with witchcraft, apparently. Hmm. I'm not sure why. So let's talk about Satan's power a little bit. We've heard a little, I think in classes, have you guys talked about Satan? I know our class talked a little bit about it. How about the other class? Yeah? Yes or no? Yes, yes. yes okay. So, alright, let's look at uh, Job tw- or John 12, 31. Someone just read that real Can someone read that? Doesn't take too long. Fine. Who's the prince of this world? Alright. So, so what, what do you think that means? The prince of this world. What, is it, what do you think that what does that imply? What do you think of when you hear that about Satan? He what? The world's evil, okay. What did you say? It's evil? As far as Satan's relation to the world. How about that? How about this? Have you have you read the story of Job? Anybody familiar with Job in here? What's someone tell me how this relates? How does can someone explain this? If you're familiar with Job, you should be able to understand this, right? Go ahead. Yeah. So, but Satan apparently had some power to affect Job, right? Yeah, he did. He wiped out his family. Didn't he? Okay, so, but we see that it's, it's Satan's power is limited in some way. So, 
um, I guess the main point here is that if we're in rebellion to God's authoritative structure, okay, we are basically opening ourselves up to Satan's realm and power. That's that's the that's sort of the uh, the equivalence there. The witchcraft with rebellion. Are you seeing a little bigger, better picture of that now, or not? Maybe. Yeah. It took me a while to understand this because I don't see myself if I complain to my parents or I say no, I'm not doing this, or you know, um, if I say, I know a big thing with my mom and I when we used to argue was about staying out late. Okay, and I would always say you know 12, and she'd say. 11.30, and I'd say, no, 12, and she'd say, 11, and I'd say, 12, and she'd say, 10, and sooner or later, we'd get back to, like, the time I was arguing with her, like, 7 o'clock, you know, at night or something, and so I couldn't go anywhere, and that would just, like, floor me, you know, I'd just be so angry, but what's that saying at that point, what, what are we saying here, what am I, in effect, doing at that point? No ideas. Same. Specifically how, though? Which is like what? So that's serious, right? Isn't it? Have you ever thought about it that way before? No. Do you see the seriousness of it? Like, that's really, that's not a fun thing. You'll understand a little bit better, though, when we, when we explain yeah. the authoritative structure and how that sort of works and how that, how that rebellion is opening ourselves to Satan's power, to Satan's realm. Satan has much more influence on us when we rebel. So what do you think rebellion is? We've been talking about rebellion, this word. What do you, what do you think of when you hear rebellion? Who's got an idea? Confederate flag? <laughs> <laughs> rebellion. What, what do you, what's, can someone define it for me? Easy thought. Easy, yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Opposition to what? Some sort of authority or power or some sort of structure. Okay, right? That makes sense? Good, okay. So, um, how do we know our parents have authority over us? Or do they? They do? Maybe? Okay, that's <laughs> that works. That works. <laughs> what? That's a, that's a good point. Is it? Yes. Okay. So we're gonna get to that though. That's the question you think about. How do we know our parents have authority? That's a good kind of maybe a evidence that yeah they gave birth to us. They care for us. We're in their family most likely. They're my parents, right? <laughs> Usually I'm not just like in the doghouse out on the street somewhere. No? Yes? They protect me. They put food on the table. No? Okay. So, let's look at God's power. Because we're going to kind of look, just kind of do a step back, okay, from that question of how do I know my parents are really an authority in my life? And uh, we're going to see why that is. Okay? We're going to look at how God has kind of designed this world. Basically. So, Tim, take it away, buddy. God is the ultimate power and authority. You guys believe that? Good. 
<laughs> That's great. The verse for you. Yeah, Psalm 103. You got that? Oh, yeah, Psalm 103. Okay, oh, the next one. Psalm 103:19 says, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Clearly defining that God has authority over everything. Revelations 1:8 says, Thank you. This is God, Christ speaking. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. All right, get a clear description here of who God is, how he is the ultimate power and authority. If God says something, it happens. If God wants to do something, he does it. And before we get into the structure of how the authoritative structure that God has set up, this is a general idea of structure in the universe, all right? He's got a comment. You got a comment? Let's see. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Comments, please. But you saying that aren't the parents, how, they, how you should give them, uh, how we know you should give them authority. The Bible says, honor thy father and mother. Exactly. Absolutely. Commandment. That's good. Do you want your parents to do something that you know that what you think will work out better, but you see your parents when it ends up wrong, but you do it your way and it's right. But you didn't do it your parents, then you know it's right. That's still me. You're saying. Yes. <laughs> let's save that. Can we say? Oh, let's save that question. Okay. Can we save okay. that? Let's save that. Let's save it. Save it for later. Let's remind okay. Us yeah. Question. Okay. That's a good question, though. I think I know what you're saying. Very general in the structure that God has set up in the universe. There's natural laws that we have to live by. Gravity is an obvious one. Yeah, gravity. Does any? Can anyone improve to me the law of gravity? Possibly. There you go. I mean, right? Whether you, I mean, if can you, but today's society, it's sort of this truth is a function of your belief. Have you heard of that before? If I believe something, therefore it's true. Have you heard that idea? Yeah. Maybe. <clears throat> I know you have, Byron. <laughs> You're a little older. I don't know, but you you will hear it. That's it's, and you might not hear it in those terms, but it's going to be implicitly communicated to you through cult, through our culture, through school, through anything, you know, our entertainment. This idea that. You know, truth is a function of my belief. What I believe is, is true for me, because I believe this. Well, I mean, what, you can believe anything you want about gravity, right? But jump sort of off the jump off the building, you know? I mean, I, yeah. gravity could care less what you believe, right? Right? It's there whether you believe it or not. It's independent of your belief, is it not? Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Absolutely. There's a, there's a moral code or a moral law that also governs our lives, and that's, Ten Commandments is an obvious example of that. If you, if you violate them, you usually get guilt, and there's usually negative consequences. And if you keep them, there's usually positive consequences. That's, that's, that's just the general structure that God has set up. He's also set up an authoritative structure which governs our lives and by which we should live. Yeah, I mean, he created this universe, right? God created this universe, so he's made it a certain way. And this is the way the, that the Word talks about. And it's also, not only that, I mean, it's clear that there's evidences of this in our lives, which we'll, which we'll see. We're going to see some evidences of more than just the Bible says so. Our reality also reflects God's truth. Okay? Alright, this is Webster's definition of authority. Power to require and receive submission. The right to expect obedience. Superiority derived from a status that carries... Eh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's, <laughs> you guys get the idea, right? I have authority over you to command you to do something, and you have... 
I have the right to expect obedience from you. That's, that's the policeman. All right. The policeman. Example is, if you break the law, the state or the town, whatever, the city, gives the policeman the authority to carry out justice upon the lawbreaker. You know, if you're speeding, he can pull you over and give you a ticket. You know, you can argue all you want, but you're still going to get a ticket. And if you go to court, whatever, you're probably still going to get a ticket if you're speeding or something. So the, Which is an example illustrating the idea of authority. authority. I mean, I think we all have good ideas of what authority is practically. Uh, someone, yeah, let's click on all those and yeah. figure out some, or someone look up those verses. Can we have, uh, let's see. Benjamin, um, governmental, First Peter 2, 13-14. Justin, can you look up First Timothy 5, 7, 17 through 18? That's church. And someone in the back. Rebecca. Wesley. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> Wesley, apparently. Okay, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. And these are just, I mean, God, this is just showing that God set up, you know, structure within various uh, parts of our society, this authority. Quickly, First Peter. First Peter 2, 13 through 14. Oh, I forgot these people can't see our thing. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the day, in the day time. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's not the right verse. Because they are blameless, sporting themselves their own. Stop reading, please. <laughs> Somebody else, you read one. I'm sorry, Benjamin. Uh, the There's right government one. authority, believe me. <laughs> we'll skip that one. Okay, church. Yes, that's okay. Church. <laughs> A little louder, please. Okay, so he's saying, yeah, there's elders in the church. I mean, we see that in our own church. We have authority structures. We have elders. We have teachers. We have people that are not teachers, people that are under them. Okay, okay. You were in Second Peter. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Obviously, governmental authority, kings, rulers, etc. Ephesians 6, Wesley. Children, obey your parents in the Lord who is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on thee. Okay. So, you're going to talk about the teacher stuff? Well, it's, it's pretty clear, I think. In school, you know, your teacher is. You got a teacher's authority over you. Can you guys understand that? I have to explain that, or is that pretty clear? Do you have authority over your teacher? I don't know. Does anyone not understand that? Please. Hopefully the latter. Okay. I know it's I know it's simple for these people in the back that are looking at me like I'm a moron. And so, is that all right? Okay. So that's the authoritative structure that God has set up in this world by which we should live. So, our design. So we're looking at um, 
God has, all, God has made the universe a certain way. He's made me a certain way. He's made you a certain way. Okay? What's that design? I would like... Uh, Daniel, can you read Genesis 126, please? I don't have a Bible. Someone help him out. Quick, 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 quick. This is pretty cool. This is a huge... You could spend weeks talking about this idea. But, um... You know, this one. The Triforce, right on. We talked about this at skate camp last week. We had a little skateboarding camp at our house. Kevin, you want to explain it, Kevin? Uh, no. You can try. Try. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, that's good. Right there. Say it one more time. Just the first part. Listen for the key word here. See if you can find it. What's the key word? As well. What? Our, right? Likeness as well. Yeah, our image, right? Two key words. It didn't say his image. It says what? Our image, why? Anybody know why? What? The word might be up on the slide. Trinity. The Trinity. Why are we relational beings? Why do we desire to have relationships with each other? Friendships? Do I have do I want to have friends? Does anybody want to have friends in this room? Obviously, right? It's obvious. Whether you like it or not, you guys obviously seek out friends, all right? (laughs) Except the fact. So, why? Have you ever thought about why do I want to be friends with people? Why do I want to talk to Tim, my brother? Why do I want to talk to anybody in this room? Why do I want to relate to you? Whose image were we made in? God's. What do we know about God? God is love. That's exactly right. But what, what's the point here? I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of you. That's a, no, that's exactly the basis. God is a community of love relationships. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Trinity. Is that what we believe in? Or not? Isn't that what the Bible talks about, illustrates? It does, right? The Trinity. And they're, for, all, for all time, Father, Son, Holy Spirit have this incredible perfect love relationship with each other. Okay? That's the image we were made in. That's why we have, that's why we desire to have friends. Isn't that cool to think about? Have you ever thought about it that way? Okay, so, he created us with a, with a desire to have a vertical relationship with God. We're the creature, he's the creator. He made us to have a relationship with him. So, in principle, he's the creator, he made us, we submit to him. That's an implicit principle there. And we'll see more of that as we go on. Authority describes... I'm going to move a little fast here, okay? Because we're going to get to some main parts. Authority describes a vital part of our relationship with God. He being the creator, we being the created. is already that principle, like we said, of submission. And Christ demonstrates this relationship perfectly. As we can see in his submission to his authorities. He, he recognized that God, when he talked to Caesar... You are only given power from above, he tells them. How about, yeah, with his parents? We about that. Okay, also, yeah, parents. Christ, um, and in Luke, he says, <laughs> sort of funny, he's, he's like, he's being about his father, he's only 12 years old, and he's talking to his parents, like, I'm being about my father's business. They probably have no idea what he's talking about. But nevertheless, he still obeys his parents and goes home. 
even though he was he was about his father's business. He he obeyed his parents and went home with them. You know that story about when he got lost during Passover? Supposedly lost, but he was He was preaching at arguing with the, the Pharisees. The Pharisees. The okay. And his parents wanted him to come home and he did. Government. And ultimately to God when you talk talk about that. He died on the cross. So you see that I mean obviously he could have called ten thousand angels down to save him to beat up Caesar and all the other Romans and all of the Pharisees. He could have easily done that. But he submitted to God, which was shown through his submission to Caesar, or yeah, to Pilate, Pontius Pilate, and to all the Pharisees, and was crucified for you and me. So how do we have a relationship with God? If we are relational beings, he created us to have a relationship with him, how does it work? Can someone summarize that quickly? Can anybody tell me how? How do I have a relationship with God if I want to? What's the means? Through what? How do I have a relationship with God? How can I... There's at least one converted person here. <laughs> at least one. I know of that. Please answer the question. How were you saved? Whoever it was. Maybe that... Well, that's okay. No, no. Maybe that's not... You don't recognize that. As salvation is this... Um, the same idea. How is one saved? How does one enter into a relationship with Christ? Does anybody know what Romans 10.9 says? Can someone quote it for me? I heard someone whispering it. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you say that No, 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 no. Believe what? Oh, okay, I have to say that you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth and he died for us. I'm not quoting your words, really. Well, that's what we want, isn't it? That's close. No, you're right. That's close. That's very close. That's fine. That's good. Yeah, he rose again. That's the idea. Can, so, can you read it, please, too? Fine, you got it. Okay. Where? Romans 10.9, please. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hmm. So how is this? We have, this is the case of submitting to God's authority. How is this submitting to God's authority? How is obeying in Romans 10.9? Confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Christ raised from the dead, how is that submitting to God's authority? Does that make any sense? No? Not really? Okay. That's, it's kind of a big jump, actually. How, um, first of all, what's, uh, God set up what? Moral what? Code, Code right? Moral law in the universe? Is that true? We discuss that. What's Romans 3.23 say? Hmm. Well, someone look it up. Okay. Because why? Why? Come on. Because why? What? How do we know that we're sinners? What? Because we're human. Well, how do you know you make a mistake? How do you know what? How do you know what a mistake is? How do you know what a sin is? How do you know you did something wrong? That's one. That's one evidence, right? Sure, that's good. Feel guilty. What does the Bible say, though? It's the law. It's the moral code. It's the moral code that we have violated. Right? We've God set up, like for example, the Ten Commandments is something that. 
kind of uh, summarizes the law, and then Jesus even summarizes it even more clearly and more sort of aptly, right, with love. You know that what I'm talking about? So the Ten Commandments, what, kind of gives us an idea of what right and wrong is, right? No? Yes. Yes, okay. Thank you. Good. So, when we recognize that we are guilty of breaking this code, recognize that we're sinners, not perfect, that we're human, we make mistakes, and also recognize that he has authority to forgive us and the power to forgive, that's, a, that's essentially believing in Christ. That I'm sorry, Father, I've sinned against you. Please, um, I, mean, I accept the fact that Christ's sacrifice paid for my sins. That's what you're doing when you obey Romans 10 on, and that's how you become a Christian. And therefore, you enter in a relationship with God. Based on, okay, let's, Romans 6.23. Can someone read that too? Who's got a Bible that can read that quickly? What's your name in the white? Megan, do you mind reading that? Oh, actually, I was talking to... Sorry. The other one in the white. The other one in the white. <laughs> You're both white. Let, let Megan read it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. If you don't feel comfortable, I'm sorry. No, Megan. Megan, go for it. Romans 6.23. I'm sorry. Yeah, so if, if you don't have... God, God created this universe such that um, we have a choice first, okay? Adam screwed up in the beginning. He broke the moral code, right? We inherit that nature, whether you like it or not. You inherit that sin nature, okay? And even if we didn't, is, is anybody perfect in here? No, everyone's done something wrong. Can you think of it? Right or no? Is there one thing you've done wrong in your whole life? Okay, then what, do you, what does it say? The wages of sin is what? Death. Is death. You deserve death, right? Spiritual death. As well as physical. Thank you. Absolutely. I just want to clarify. So, so but what was God's plan? He sent who? Jesus. To do what? To die on the cross. And what happened then? And what, then what happened? His blood covers our sin, right? He took upon the payment, right? And then what did he do? He died after he died? <laughs> he rose again, right? Yeah, he, he defeated death. He rose again, validating what? His whole message, right? Without the resurrection, it's, it's, the whole message is, is not worth anything. Because if he couldn't conquer death, then that's the wages of sin. How can he help us? So... Through Jesus Christ, Romans 10.9 says, if I believe in my heart, this is not I have to go and uh, you know, say I'm sorry to everyone I've sinned against. This is the step first is, I believe that Jesus Christ died for me and that I'm a sinner. It's a personal decision that you make. Okay? You and God this, is, this is crucial. Because um, you cannot have a relationship with God and you will... You know, be facing the consequence of death if you don't make this decision. And it's key for the whole the idea of authority. Because as we, accept, as we admit that we have sinned, as we uh, submit to God and believe in Christ, we are embracing His idea of authority. Does that make sense there? You see the connection or no? 
it gives us an opportunity to understand how to live by authority. Okay. You, you yeah. live by gravity by not jumping off buildings and whatnot, otherwise you're going to hurt yourself. If we understand how to live by the authoritative structure that God has designed for us, we're going to have a lot better lives. And, uh, and, and a lot better for God, a lot better for us, and for those around us. So we already saw one purpose of our, one of the ways our design fits God's authority structure, right? Is what? What did we just talk about? Hmm. Repeat the question. The purpose. What was the one of the purposes of authority in our lives? I'm saying a little bit differently. How does authority help us with what we just talked about? The moral code and stuff. The law. It keeps us What does it show us? Absolutely. You're exactly onto it. What does it show us? Our sin, right? The law is an authority, is it not? Our parents, they correct us when we do what? Something wrong, right? Do you see how that works? Jesus said that the law is a schoolmaster, and it shows, him, it shows us our need for him. Our schoolmaster is a teacher. God uses authority to show us our need for him. Hmm. Think about that one. What's well, another purpose? Want to go for that one? Sure. Character development. What does that mean? What's character development? Mature. <laughs> okay. Are you guys asleep? Is it boring? If it's boring. I'm done. No, okay. No? It's becoming more like Christ. It's maturing in Christ. It's, it's um, if I always get angry... It's getting angry less and less, understanding that getting angry is bad, it's damaging your relationships. That's character development, it's the maturing process. Let's, why don't you move on? Let's move on to the, we're going to move on to some examples, I think, because these illustrate these all three right. things, all right? We're going to share some, some personal examples from our lives, see if, and just try to pay attention and see if you can see how uh, these points kind of are brought out, all right? Okay. <laughs> this is great. I have a teacher named Mrs. Maycheck. She has flaring nostrils and is very annoying to look at. When you were in high school. When you were in high school, ninth grade. This teacher, uh, Dan had her before. (laughs) And due to Dan's uh, prime example in high school, she came to love the month her name. And I'm being sarcastic if you haven't caught it, right? So yeah, she, I, was a, I was a real she, pain she in her really class. She really hated Dan, more yeah. or less, all right? I was really and when I too. came into her class, I had the same last name, so, hey, I'm just like Dan. I'm, I'm stupid, I'm rebellious, I'm not stupid. I was, I, I'm, hey, <laughs> I was smart, right? I'm, I'm, I'm rebellious, you, don't, you can't tell me what to do, etc. That sort of attitude she thought I had, which I did sort of have, but nevertheless, <laughs> all right? <laughs> she treated me much worse than, like, one of the rules, real quickly, was you can't have any food or drink in the computer lab, because that's what she taught. And however, some students were favored in which they could do, they could, they could eat and drink in the computer lab. However, others, like myself, were not allowed. Um, anyways, just one example of her partiality towards me was we had a substitute one day, and one kid thought it'd be funny to print out several hundred pages of blank paper. I don't know how he did it or what he did. Anyways, it caused some problem with the printer. Everyone in the class thought it was funny, etc. The next day, Mr. Maycheck came back and took me and the kid out in the hall. She asked me, Tim, who printed out all those pages? Obviously knowing that this kid did it, but for some reason she wanted me to say it. 
<laughs> so so I, the kid knew that I knew, and we all knew. So, like, yeah, he did it. And um, she said, okay, since you did this, so I don't know, I forgot his name, both of you can't work, both of you can't work on the computers today. And that day I had a huge project due, and I was very concerned about my GPA and whatever, and, and she was going to ruin, I was going to get a B in the class or whatever it was, and I was really upset with this lady. And so um, I'm like, why, why, why can't I work on the computers? And she said, well, you thought it was funny. And I said, so did the rest of the class. What's, what do you you know, can we, can we talk about this to the principal? Because this seems extremely unfair. And she said, no. I said, fine, I'm going to. Obviously, you see the little rebellious in there? The angry, fine, I'm going to. All right. So I went to the principal. He talked to her. I talked to him. He talked to her. And I couldn't work on the computer still that day. And I was extremely upset with this. I hated this teacher. I really hated her. Um, I remember. I remember. <laughs> They're flaring nostrils and add to it. Either. I didn't like her nostrils either. Mental image. Okay. Anyway. This, this, I, I really despise this, la- uh, this lady, and um, I had a lot of trouble forgiving her. And as part of the guidance, the, the guidance part is my mom said, you have to forgive this lady. It, it's doing nothing to her if you don't forgive her. It's all, all it's doing is hurting me. That bitterness that uh, I think Byron said um, is just welling up inside me and, and, and making my attitude terrible. And so I'd, I had to, I had really struggled, but I forgave this teacher and was able to continue her class trying to show Christ's grace, love, and forgiveness to her. Even though she was cheating me unfairly and um, wrongly, I still respected her position as my authority and obeyed her and tried to act as respected as, as I possibly could. And, and that's, that's character development. That's me maturing in Christ. That's, uh, it gives a little glimpse of how Christ still loved us as we were sinners. You know, as we spat in his face and hammered the nails into his hand, Christ still forgave us and loved us. So it helped you see that more, is that? So it helped me see that more. And also gave me an opportunity to share that with the teacher. She knew that she was treating me unfairly. And when I come back and um, treat her with Christ's grace and love, she could, I don't know if, if it was, I haven't talked to her at all, but she could have been blown back by, uh, wow, this kid. Like, what's yeah, what's going kid? on? What's, why he's would actually, any... He's not, he's not rebellious. He's, he's actually showing me obedience. And, Even though I pretty much screwed him over, basically, yeah. right? <laughs> so that's my little story. You know what? We're running out of time, so my ranch example, which is really fascinating. Um, it's actually an interesting story about my life, but uh, if you want to ask me about that sometime, if you're interested, I'll talk about it another time because we're running out of time, I think. Okay. All right. So I think okay. Tim's example was, was pretty il- illustrative. Actually, that's the way you pronounce it. Do you guys remember Tommy? Back to Tommy. Yeah. Woo! Poor Tommy. <sighs> what do you think most likely happened to Tommy? So what's, what's Tommy's, where's Tommy at with his relationship with his dad? He wasn't... Upset. He was upset because why? Real easy. Come on. They didn't take him fishing. They didn't take him fishing. So he's upset, and he, what, he, at dinner, he, what did he do? He wasn't talking, and his dad obviously yeah, forgot, right? And let's assume that kind of, they never brought it up, because his dad sort of forgot totally, as we said. And Tommy just kind of was like, fine, you know, maybe this is how, this is how it is. Like, I can't really trust him. So what? What could happen to Tommy's relationship with his parents? Why? With his dad, specifically. What? Won't be good. Why not? Why won't be good? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Does that 
Does that cause problems? N- namely, in what? You won't talk about it. Communication breakdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have a relationship, you have to communicate. That's why we pray and read the Bible with God. But um. You've heard of a wounded spirit? Have you heard of that idea before? Yes. Possibly. Yes, Kevin. What is it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin's actually he's a really cool guy, right? Now, what um we got to know him a little bit last week. What uh another words? Give me some other words. What's other words for for wounded? It's what? It's If you're wounded, you're what? Hurt, right? Yeah, you're hurt. Emotionally. emotionally what else? Maybe. That's enough. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's a, yeah, it's a great breeding ground for rebellion. Right? And this, this, is the, this is the point. I think all of us have experienced this. I know my parents were both, um, were both doctors. My mom retired. But we were always, when I was little, like going somewhere, maybe going out to eat or going to like a water park or something, and they would both get called after the hospital. So we would go home and just sit at home. And I was like, ah, you know. Like, you're really excited to go somewhere, and it's, no, we're not going to go now. Just all the time. And that's so annoying, you know? Especially when you have your hopes. Like, Tommy was, really wanted to not only spend this time with his dad. Yeah, he mowed some lawns. He's all about this fishing trip, you know? I can't wait to go fishing. He wanted to. It is awesome, right, Wesley? Absolutely. I don't know. I personally don't care about fishing at all. But you do? Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, yeah. if you're in Tommy's position if you have a wounded spirit or you're not really talking with your parents because of some wrong they did to you or, or something of that nature or if you see yourself in those personality to be described which are rebellious what should you do about it? How should you respond to this authority now? What we talked about. Does anybody see themselves in any position like we've been talking about at all? Can anyone relate to anything? Can I see a show of hands? The complainer. Anything? No, 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 not specifically. Can anyone relate to any of the personalities, Tommy, any any of this we're talking about? Yeah, you can, right? Ah, good. Good. We we all have this idea, right, of how we relate with our parents. Okay, good. So what what are we gonna do? How do you? That's good. Who said that? You pray. Okay. What else? How about that? Maybe talk to your parents. I mean, most of our parents in here, I think, care about us. No. Yes. Yeah, they do. Right. Is that pretty clear? I don't know. Does everyone have parents in here that care about them? I mean, someone might not. Or if you're not, I don't know, I don't know if someone's adopted or they don't have, like they have a guardian or something. I know, I've, I've been living in Columbus, you know, you see a lot of that. There's a lot of parents that, um, I don't know, not doing their job, basically. Communication. But this is key, though. Like, I don't, I know my, my relationship with my parents was not so good growing up most of my life. But once I started talking to them about, like, um, problems in my life, including them in things like they were so happy to to help me out they were so happy to um even discuss you know some of these rules and jobs that no you know i hated to do 
So, what else? What if your parents have hurt you? Forgive them. Hmm, that doesn't sound very exciting or easy. Or if you have been rebellious, ask for forgiveness. Another key. Why? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, why not just be like Tommy and just kind of take that and say, yeah, my dad doesn't doesn't seem to really... 18 years old, 19, he'll be out of the house. He won't have to worry about his parents anymore, right? Yeah, he'll be 18. You know, just get a job. My parents. I hate my parents, man. Parents. Right. Forget parents. Why should I obey my parents? Nothing. <laughs> okay, so... So why? Why is this important? Why, I mean, why that's pretty you... lame, right? Obeying your parents. <laughs> that whole idea. It's pretty unpopular, I'd say, right? Yeah. Especially at school. It's like, oh, yeah, stupid parent moms is bothering me again, you know? Jesus. Gotta go. Uh... I don't know what you guys do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> sort of out of the loop now. All right. I like to think I'm there still. That's good. Why? We'll answer that for you, all right? You this is the idea. To deal with Satan. Because rebellion is what? Rebellion equals what? We said. Witchcraft, right? That's the whole point. That's what Satan doesn't want you to see. He wants you to think, eh, it's not cool. It's not fun. It sucks, you know? Yeah, and Satan doesn't play any games, but he think, he wants you to think he does. I mean, this is the reality. When I was, a kid, when I was your age, when I was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, I didn't... Satan, I was like, whatever, that's, not, that's a cop-out. I do things wrong because I choose to, which is partly true. But Satan has a big influence there. He wants you to do things that are wrong. He wants you to what? Satan's a genius, by the way, all right? He was second in heaven. Don't think you're going to deal with Satan by yourself. That's extremely dangerous ground. That's good. That's, that's, that's the whole point we're trying to stress here. How, oh, sorry. How, how, how important authority is in our lives and if we reject that authority. And like this says, you're going to have to deal with it anyways. <laughs> so that's, the think, funny, that's the funny thing. Do you think thing. you're going to get away from your parents? This is the irony. You're going to have a job where your boss is exactly like someone that you hated, like my teacher or my parent that I hated or whatever. You're, it's going to happen, I guarantee it. I haven't lived very long, but I know like my life experience already has shown me just like... Um, you're like, yeah, just like girls that are like your mom, okay, for example, who are maybe are in authority positions over you. I was at the ranch, and this girl who worked in the kitchen who had authority over me, she, she reminded me of my mom in a lot of ways, just like the way like your mom gets under your skin, okay? She, has anyone's mom ever bothered them? Yes. yes. So think of that and see, okay, like if I don't learn how to deal with this now, okay, repair this relationship or understand why I even would want to do what she says, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back even harder from, from people that don't care about you at all. That's the other point. Your parents actually care and they're saying, hey, do this. You're going to get people saying, I don't give a, I don't care about, excuse me, I don't care about you and uh, <clears throat> I don't care about you and, but I want you to do this anyway, you know, if you have a job, if you have whatever. You're in school, excuse me. I didn't say anything wrong, did I? <laughs> so don't don't nullify everything I've said just because of that, please. <clears throat> so that's it. That's basically just think about the seriousness of your relationship with your parents because it's really important. You don't have too many years more 
to live with them, to interact in the same way, you know, of, of their direct authority in your life, okay? Any questions? You had a question, right? Yeah. You remember it now? If your parents tell you to do something... Which is wrong? No, not which is wrong, right? You said to do something a certain way, and if you do it and it turns out wrong, but your way would have turned out right, should you obey your parents? Is that what you said? No. No? <laughs> well, kind of. If, you, if your mom tells you to do something, then you have a better idea, and yeah. you do it your way, and it turns out right, then it's so rebellious. Yes. You're disobeying your parents. But it's a the it's principle of the matter. But then what if they said, you know what, you were right? What are you saying? Yeah, go ahead. Respond. You were saying. You could share that with your mom and say, hey, I want to do this, right? Instead yeah, of, instead of just... Appeal to your authority. Say, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to obey you, what you say, but what if we try it this way? And, and um, what if we do... Like, Daniel's an excellent example of that. He, um, they asked... When he Actually, went, when he here. was, just real quick, when he was taken to the king Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, you have to eat these meats that were sacrificed to idols, and he's like, no, I don't want to do that because that's against the law. He said, he didn't say, no, I'm not doing that, like I just said. What he, <laughs> what he said was, can I please eat um, vegetables instead? And the guy's like, all right, we'll do a little test. If it works out, sure. He didn't say, like, no, I'm not doing it. He, he, he appealed to his authority. So then if your mom didn't say, no, yes, you're right, it was something yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other questions? I know you guys got to go to. It's, it's tough sometimes. When choir. Authority is, is wrong or whatever, but still. Yeah, that's the hard part. If authority is is wrong and, and unfair, like in his example, but it doesn't matter. That's the whole point. God set it up. Did Tommy's relationship turn out better? Oh, sure, a great relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Tommy. Eventually, his dad asked him what was wrong. Tommy told him. Um, sort of made up and. Uh, He's actually a pro fisherman now. <clears throat> um, He's a past Bass USA or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your attention and yeah, thanks, guys. comments.